Hey, yo, Internet, this episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Mogul, the life and death of Chris Lighty. I am overjoyed to announce that this June 16th, Friday, Mogul is available on all platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to Internet, wherever you listen to your podcast is where you can listen to Mogul, man. Y'all, some of y'all have been complaining. Y'all don't have that download thing. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with y'all, but this time it's coming out. Listen, support black voices, support the black narrative, support black stories. We don't get a lot of opportunities to do these stories online. We definitely don't get a lot of opportunities to do these on podcasts. Support Mogul, man. Let's blow this shit out the water. And now back to the show. Hey, yo, Internet, you're listening to the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show podcast. I'm your host, Combat Jack. What's up, y'all? New York City, y'all, y'all see this weather right now? It's June finally came to work. That bitch is taking a vacation. That shit was cold for the past couple of weeks. Like, yesterday, I went to the Beach King, and mm. I'm saying I had my toes in the sand, man, and this is just beautiful, man. I, I love that it's hot right now. I don't. Why not, man? I'm, I'm, I like 85, 80 degree weather. Yeah. 93 in humidity is like not a good look for me. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I get annoyed. Yeah, you get annoyed? Yeah, it's about to be 68 degrees, though, in two days. So, I mean, I but mean. this, this, I mean, first and foremost, though, belated happy birthday, man. This year, this your month, man. Oh, yeah. Gemini's. For, for sure. Salute, man. Gemini's. Appreciate it. Like, you don't, you don't enjoy this shit? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, it's been good. You know, like t shirts and, and shorts, and, you know what I'm saying? And kick yeah. off the socks and the whole nine. Yeah. Or you just a Tim's nigga. You just nah, wear nah, Tim's. nah. I don't wear Tim's. You just want to wear Tim's. I don't man. wear t- I appreciate it, but I don't wear it. <laughs> Yo, we, we got any announcements, man. Like, Yo, we're I'm, going to LA next week. Wait, right? hold up, hold up. Congratulations. On what? First and foremost. On what, man? You know, we've been stacking up episodes, so we ain't really get a chance to chop it up. Yes. You know, for the for the world. But right. um, we made Forbes. Yes, we did. We're you know what? I don't know how real. I feel about that though, man. Because because mm. my son was asking me for paper the other yeah, day. I was that's... like, I don't really have. He said, Yeah, but you in Forbes, <laughs> and I want these niggas out here thinking just because we in Forbes that they could just run up with the gun up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still rubbing pennies. You got a net worth on a uh, on Google? The, yeah, that yo, internet's that net worth. <laughs> It's fake news. It's fake news. Like like your president says, it's fake news. I want none of y'all niggas. I'm just. A, I took the subway over here. Yeah. Had to buy a regular bagel and some coffee. You know what I'm saying? I'm complaining about the MTA prices going up. Don't get it twisted. But thank you, man. Thank you. It is a good look. Shout out to the team LSN, Chris yes, Morrow, yes, yourself, yes, yes, yes. Know, yes. All the Shout out podcasts. to the team. We've come a long way, man. Yeah. Um, I just did a three hour interview uh, last week with the New Yorker. Yes. Talking about the Chris Lighty project. And and I gotta thank the, the, the listeners out there, man. Like like y'all are coming around, y'all, y'all, y'all starting to listen to it. But I got some good news for for you motherfuckers out there that still refuse to download yes. Spotify. <laughs> our grand launch, our relaunch for Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, comes out this Friday, yeah. June sixteenth. So there's no excuse. Let's make this a great thing. Your boy's been working on this for over a year and a half. Um and y'all have been supporting me. Y'all have been telling me continue to raise the bar. We raise the bar, motherfuckers. So like, <laughs> come to the table, enjoy it. It don't it don't cost y'all nothing. Just just rate, comment, subscribe. Continue make stories like this with our voices. That's right. And 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 our people. Let's continue to make this a thing. Cause if y'all if 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 our shit flop, that's it. Mm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's why I'm excited about this episode today, man. Yeah. You know, um, it's a big weekend. Internet, so you know we got mogul yep on all platforms finally you know what i'm saying and then i, I think tupac back 
I'm thinking Tupac is fucking back. Gemini dude. season. Gemini season. That <laughs> motherfucker was crazy too, man. But I won't get into that, man. We, King and I had the opportunity last week to go to a, a screening of All Eyes on Me. Mm. What'd you think of it, man? Uh, I almost cried, man. Really? Yeah. Like, Why? Pac was, um, I remember when I was a kid, he was the first rapper that Somebody I wrote, else said that. That I wrote their school. lyrics. Okay. Wrote lyrics to, right? And that was Brenda's Got a Baby. I wrote that song like it was mine. The second artist ever after that was Nas, right. Illmatic, the entire album. So seeing that, just re- revisiting, I don't know what what it was that connected me to him. Like, why did I like that? Because he was doing work before that, but that was a song that gravitated. I, I don't know if it was, I don't know. It just, before I knew who Pac was. So seeing the movie and putting everything into context um, and how brilliant he was at the age of 20, at his passing at what, 25, 24? 25, 25. Like, wow. Man, we lost one, man. And then, and then you know, the, the East West Coast nonsense, and you know, outside of the movie being um, brilliant, you know, one of the takeaways from for me was sometimes you can't involve the streets with music, and vice versa, right? Because um, uh, a lot of that shit could have been avoided, you know, but. But that was the nature of the industry. It's survival of the fittest in every hood, right? In the the 90s, when I was in the industry, it was was like the only industry where you had a lot of brilliant motherfuckers, Mm -hmm. not so brilliant motherfuckers as well. That was the only place where they could come in and make legal money. You know what I'm saying? So, so, I mean, it's it's, kind of hard... We talk about for the culture. We, we got Chris over here with, with taxes shirt on. We talk about doing things for the culture. Yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes. Like how can we, how can we not include the streets? But at the same That's time, true. the higher you go, the streets niggas, streets keep calling. Don't believe that Forbes shit, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, let me ask you one more thing, man. Yeah. Did did you know throughout Pac's life? Because I have a complicated relationship. Yes, you do. Yeah, with, with Pac, you know, I was in the industry, and, and you know, my team at the time was Bad Boy, and it was just, it was just weird. So you know, it, it didn't take me. You know, I've said, you know, I've said some crazy shit about Pac in the past and, and, and now like last week I, I interviewed the outlaws for um Salute. For um Sirius for, for for Baxman. And I told him I was like, I'm not trying to sound like a hypocrite. I've said some some crazy shit. Not flex like though. I mean, you know, back when I was dead. back back when I used to blog, I said some crazy shit. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna own up to that. But over the past several years, like my my, my views on dude has kinda softened. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I every other month I'm bumping the album All Eyes on Me. That's a fucking yeah. brilliant album. You know what I'm saying? And and whereas before, you know, from a from from a Brooklyn standpoint, you know, from an MC standpoint, I was like, oh, that nigga's trash. Right. And now I'm like, yo, like the the, the his flow. He represented something the, more the, than the, the cadence. Than, you know what I'm saying? The way there's so much emphasis on his delivery and his yeah. articulation. And I think it was either Knife Wonder, I think it was Knife One, it was Knife Wonder or Guru. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation. I was like, "What? what is it? This is like about three or four years ago. I was like, what is it about Pac? And he was like, they were like, yo, he had the ability to say something with all his emotion transmitting from the microphone. So if you were open to the emotion that he was yeah. delivering, you, you got caught up in it. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, man, without further ado, let's yeah. welcome today's guest to the Combat Jack Show, man. I've known this guy for a long time. I'm really proud of you, man. Thank you, man. You know, I've, I've, I've watched from the sideline, and, 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 and now as you the, the world is yours, right? Let's welcome <laughs> to the Combat Jack Show, Mr. Benny Boom. What's up, what's And Mr. Up? LT Hutton. What's going on, sir? What's up, Playboy? Congratulations, y'all. Thank you. Y- y'all, congratulations on, on All Eyes on Me coming Thank out you. this uh, Friday. Yeah, June 16th. Uh, June 16th, his birthday. Yes. Is that a coincidence or is that a... No, strategic. Yeah? I did that strategically, yeah. Yeah? How y'all feel, man? 
Me or, or Boom? Uh, both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm taking it mellow. You know, right. it's, it's um the moment. I don't. I never want to get so wrapped up in the moment because it becomes fleeting after a while. So right. I think um, internally I'm anticipating certain things, but I'm just maintaining it because uh, you know I just want to. I just want it to happen. People to see the movie, come to the movie, experience the film, and leave changed right from when they walked in right 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 and, and, and lt how are you feeling man emotional emotional how so Be- because it's like you gotta understand um this was the hardest journey of my life mm-hmm. and with everybody uh being so uh what do you call uh just feels privileged and so to, so to speak um about a iconic figure and and just understanding what in general it takes let's take the iconic figure out let's just go hollywood what it takes to get a film made in hollywood in general let alone a film produced by a young black man and directed by a young black man with damn near an all black cast you know of a of a certain standard then to get that highest quality out of it for me you know, that is a historical landmark crossing in itself. So that should be celebrated. Um, but you don't get to really see your work until it actually comes to fruition. Right. I'm talking about two weeks after the film, you know what I'm saying, three weeks after the film. So um, I haven't been able to take it all in, but I just know that 10 years comes to a close, you know, on June 16th of hard Blood, sweat, and tears, fight battles, you know, screaming matches, death threats, the whole nine yards is, you know, the vindication of saying, hey, don't talk about a film that you haven't even seen yet. Right. Wait till you see it, then comment, you know. So I just, you know, I'll be happy. Like when you guys see it and you said what you said, that is the answer for the people that talk crazy right. without even seeing it just see the picture and like i said once again i'm uh i'm gonna commend you for for saying what you said and and, and it's like people want to perpetuate the nonsense and let's be clear let's be 100 percent clear what happened in the 90s everything it happened it happened yeah. you know we don't have a problem understand it happened but you know uh pox's death was a wake-up call to us all you know, and like I keep saying to everybody, the fact is we lost two great people, two great people. Like, you know, we all, you know, lived in this place called the Montrose in L.A. So, you know, I knew big, you know, funny dude. We rocked. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we went to Hamburger Haven and different things. <laughs> like It wasn't bad at first. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Snoop, you know. Rock with Puff and Big, you know what I'm saying? So when everybody want everybody to just be at odds with each other, you know, to to keep holding on to to, to nonsense, you know, life is about forward progression. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To not move forward is to be stagnant. That's not a good thing. We don't walk backwards; we walk forward. Right. So we all have growth, and that's what Pac would want it. Like at times, like let's even when it was going on, right? It was records being dropped. Woo. There was there was no there was no way in hell. Incidentally, there were some records. Yeah, being I'm dropped. just saying records. Been like for us over there, it was like, yo, man, I'm not gonna not play this record. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm not gonna lie to you. We were sitting there like, yo, I know we supposed to be beefing, 
But this uh, Big Papa joint, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This motherfucker, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna have to take a violation from Death Row because this shit is grooving, especially. You let me ask you this, man. Like, like you talk about your journey, man, and 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 what I've read about this is that you. Um, I've kind of been at the forefront for over ten years to get this this picture paid. I mean, ma- made right. Yeah. Tell us about the challenges of that. Like for like like ten years ago, people didn't believe no, that we they, could they, have they, a Pac they, movie. They still don't believe in, like you just said, you know. And you open up the show with the mission for this film right. is to, you know, stop asking for a seat at the fucking table. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Set your own table and serve dinner. Build your own fucking you know table. Saying? Yeah, and serve dinner. Like right. I, I, you know, I was so. You get frustrated because everybody say, well, we don't get these opportunities. We don't do this. We don't do that. And and I look at some of the people that I'm having this conversation with. It's like, well, I know for a fact, bro, you got about $30 million. Mm. You can't take $2 million and invest in your fucking self. Mm. But you still want to just ask and ask and beg. And when they say no, you take no. That's ridiculous to me. You right. know what I'm saying? So I wanted to, to, to have a situation where I can bring light to our talented people. We got some some fire people out here that they just don't want to give an opportunity to because if we make it in a certain way, then certain things that they've been doing that they you know, like, if they spending, you know, 200 million on a movie, right? Of course they'll make 300, but that's not a huge, yeah, that's not a huge profit. Right. So when we make a movie for 10 million and see two or 300 million, that's, that's a huge, profit. Right. So, you know, it's almost like... But it would also lead them, and you would think, to open up the budgets. No, no. They think as you made it that that you keep making it for that Hit. amount of money. So, so right. it's in a weird way, in a sense, for people of color mm. in Hollywood, it's kind of like still this kind of like... And, and this is no offense to anybody that's in the industry, but it's still kind of like this slave type of like yo we Here. you will work harder for less let me give it to you i mean not not for nothing but but, for but comparatively no, it's but, nothing but, but, but because we have to be we have to hit a home run every time up to the plate every time they don't they, you know they can make sausage party and all of those movies and you know <laughs> I, I hated that movie by the way <laughs> a, a people love that percent. movie i saw that movie. i don't, I was I don't, like, I don't know how the you worse than white humor it, but i mean get the how fuck could out you talk about dicks yeah about the whole all like, that. get the fuck out all of that you, <laughs> used, you used all that money for that right, right right but for us we have to you know the content has to be this or certain ways like right. like let's be clear this one was deep you know what i mean but we got other shit too. Like everything don't got to be Marcus Garvey. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. We don't. We don't have to do that every time. Either. Shout out to Get Out. Yeah. Shout out to Get but Out. Me, but let me give you this. Yeah. Perception is reality, mm. right? The biggest definition of perception is visual. Mm-hmm. He who controls the perception, the visual controls the perception. You follow what I'm saying? Of course. So in that grand scheme of things, Hollywood wants to keep controlling the visual. So they can control the perception. And control the narrative. So therefore, you could take a kid with a pack of Skittles and an iced tea and turn him into a thug and a gangbanger. Of course. Because what they've programmed into you, you're comfortable saying that. You know what? It's crazy how, how we, we just taking such a different turn. But 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 I think it, just based on what you said, LT, like I think it's very important. Um, we had um, um, Raul Peck on the show a couple of months ago. Raul is the, the brother that directed the um, I'm Not Your Negro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. the James, James Baldwin, Baldwin piece. piece yeah. And we spoke about, you know, at its root, at its root, whether, whether it was intentional or not, at its root, 
Hollywood was created. The blockbusters were created. The summer movies were created to tell a certain narrative. Because if you really look at it, the very first blockbuster was Birth of a Nation. The original birth the of the original nation. The original birth of the nation. Yeah, which 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 was taught, which 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 celebrated with it was glory the of the Ku Klux about Klan. the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we, I think we like what you're saying is 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 absolutely. And he said the D W Griffith is celebrated in in colleges as a, the filmmaker. The yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. The preeminent, like the uh-huh. the the one that 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 created the blueprint. Right. For fucking blockbusters. And they've, even, they've even changed. The narrative of the film when they teach the film in school about how could you change that narrative because they do they change it in in and it's about the editing and the parallel editing and the first time he had parallel editing and all this stuff and it's like it's a fucking clan movie yeah, it's a clan movie <laughs> i remember I remember, learning, I remember learning about it in college i'm like this is this y'all can't how do you serious. dissect that right yeah you know, oh, how do you not say that first right, right. this is one of the right. most racist movies ever it might be technically good but, but it's i was f- like if we gonna learn that we need to learn about sweetback yes mm. you know yes, melvin shout out to melvin it. yeah yeah y'all gotta teach us that as well you can't yeah. just give me come on you can't serve that up now now, now benny I, I find this amazing man you've been in the industry for a long time but you never had the opportunity to meet tupac no it's crazy you know what's crazy is that um i was here in all the clubs at all the same time at nell's and Chaz and Wilson's and Shark Bar and all, uh, um, Supper Octagon, Club, yeah. Supper Club, Octagon. Over yeah, you was out here heavy, heavy. <laughs> and uh, it, it was weird because the Nell, the night of the Nell's situation. Uh, I think I had gone to Nell's two days afterwards, right. or something like, or the next party night afterwards. And I was like, man, this, I was like, man, this went down in here because everybody in New York was talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. And he was like, yo, you know, Tupac, and I remember. I was a PA at the time in New York, mm. and um, I remember trying to get on uh, above the rim as a production right. assistant, but I was stuck on, I want to say, a uh, Woody Allen movie at the time, Okay, and they had given me a, a position on the Woody Allen movie. I was the only black person on the entire crew, and um, there was a guy in New York running around who would, uh, he would do, it was sort of like a shakedown. He would come to all the sets with, with, um, with Enforce. Like yo, y'all gotta hire some black people. It's like the coalition. Yeah, it was sort of like, like that. But right. he 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 would come with guys that were teamsters or electrics, and then they would come, and like yo, y'all ain't got no black electrics. Y'all having this or that. So I had gotten a call over to Walkie. I'd been on the movie for like two weeks. It was a Woody Allen movie, and um, they said, "Man, could you come to set?" So huh. I came to set, and I'm thinking, you know, they need me for something. So I need you to stand right here next to Woody, and I'm like, okay. For what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They took my walkie from me. Just don't say nothing. Well, they just, just put you in the line of fire, huh? Straight up. So I stood there, and then afterwards I found out what the situation was. Right. But what they didn't realize what they was doing was standing me next to Woody Allen, regardless of all his personal right, stuff right, that of was course. going on. This is one of the best directors in the world. So I watched him and how he spoke oh. to actors and how he directed scenes and all that. I did that for like two months. You know what I'm saying? This is the same time Above the Rim is going. So for me, I was like, do I go and PA on a, a on Above the Rim movie and be the third, you know, the 15th PA, or do I stand here and get these life lessons from Woody Allen in the middle of the season? So Yo, I that's said, fascinating. Yeah, what were some crazy. of those lessons, man, that you picked up from Just Woody? Just how he, you, you know, just his candor with actors and how he speaks to that. He don't look at monitors. He looks at the actors and the scenes. It's a very different kind of thing. But the things I picked up, from him was was just how to communicate to actors you know so there, it, was, it was interesting but but back to the Pac thing though yeah I was around 
all the time. And, and the funny, this is a really funny story. So when uh, Dead Presidents was being shot, we had, they were shooting up in the Bronx. They was on stages and all the places. They were shooting up in the Bronx. And this uh, one of my boys, Bear, got rest, you know, rest of dead. But, uh, he, he passed away. He was a key PA. Mm-hmm. And he called me and said, man, I need you to come up to the Bronx, work a week. They're here doing Dead Presidents, Hughes Brothers. In my mind, I was like, oh, word, Hughes Brothers, they just did Menace, the whole thing, right? So <laughs> we get up there, and it's me and like six, seven other dudes, mm-hmm. right? So we sitting in the camper. I mean, he's like, look, I need to put you here, 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 here. And uh, he said, I need y'all to, to uh, let me know if you see Tupac. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you, I would tell you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what you mean if I oh, see Oh, y'all was on Tup- Tupac watch? Tupac watch. Because Tupac was trying to put a foot on them. Yo, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and this is the thing. It changed my perception of the Hughes brothers so crazy because right. it, I'm sitting here. I'm like, yo, y'all really, for real? Because Bear knew Pac from Juice. Right. They was real close. Right. So he was like, just hit me. I'm going to come running over there and let me just holler at him because he, he knew him, right? Him and Bear was real cool. So I was sitting here like, yo, y'all not serious, right? So <laughs> <laughs> so they their van pulls up. They get out the van. They walk across the street. Everything, the whole ministers, everything just, just went out the just window. Out the window. That I was, was crazy. Like, y'all really... Like you, like you scared like that where you got to like hire people to look at like that was nuts. Yo, that's to me. that's crazy. Nuts man. to me. And then the illest part is, I worked on that for about four or five days. A week later is when he got shot at Quad. Yeah, and damn. A week later, so maybe like two weeks later. It was, right, right. It, was around, it was really really cold. October November that time in '94, and uh, I remember a week later in the back of my head I was like. Yo, I know these brothers. I know they didn't put that. They didn't put that bounty. I'm like, I'm like, yo, who shot Tupac? Did you? I really was like, I know they didn't do it because I saw the situation and how it was. But they they were seriously on some. If you see Tupac, Tupac really Tupac had a lot of cats on edge though, man. Like 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 really, man. No, my question for you though, man, is coming from Philly, coming from the from the East Coast, like being like under the shadow in a sense of like KRS One and Channel Live and the whole nine. What were your thoughts? Were you a Pac fan at the time? Definitely. You know, when in Philly we had um, this thing called the Box, which was a video (laughs) music show where you would call in to see the videos and you'd order it. So we had. Um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It was digital underground was heavy in Philly. Yes. For some reason, it was a big. I could see them being heavy in Philly because so. you know Philly's music, yeah. jazz, and they had instrumentation, that sound, instrumentation and the whole nine. So they they their videos were heavy in rotation. So same song was the first time I had ever. I never heard the song before. I, I saw the video, and I just remember going, "Yo, who's who is this kid? You know, he stood out from them because right. we had seen." All their other stuff, and it was fun, and all. When you saw him, it was like you know, because X Clan was out at the time. He was he was in the on the on, he's yeah, been carried he, on it a, was on a, a different visual, right? And it was it was he was young, you know, it, it was just different. So he connected in Philly. He connected big. So when that's interesting, uh, yeah. And when Brenda's got a baby, and all the other records come out, because you got to remember for a long time, and you you probably remember this. There was a lot of animosity between Philly. In New York. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. We, we started, thought Philly niggas was crazy. Yeah, which started with Dana Goodman and Lawrence Goodman and those guys and Steady B. That yes. whole situation. So um, there was there was a lot of strife when New York artists would come to Philly. They always had to fight their way out of this out of this uh, arenas, and it was just you know it was a lot of beef. There was even a record called "It Ain't New York" because Philly is stepping in. Like mm. it was a lot, a lot of beef. Right, right. So anything 
at one point anything that was not New York we grabbed yeah, that's to. interesting and man. that's like 88 89 right. that, that, yeah cuz yeah 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 but it was we it's it's, it's interesting man cuz i know a lot of people throughout the 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 eastern quarter from philly mm-hmm. from jersey mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying cuz cuz some of the outlaws are from jersey mm-hmm. so from jersey philly baltimore mm-hmm. dc maryland motherfuckers is like during the heat of the shit mm-hmm. i was surprised that the proximity of these cats these brothers and sisters were so close they were like no we fucking with Pac, right, a hundred percent. We're fucking with Pac, right, because that's what that because of the, what he was saying, right, because of what he was saying, and it was different than the New York. Now, don't get me wrong, the New York hip hop was was everywhere. It was on the radio, but if there was an alternative, people rocked with that. Right, that's crazy, yeah. man. You know, now LT, you had an opportunity to work at Defro, right? You worked yeah. with Defro. Did yeah. you did you work with Pac also? Yeah. Now, what are your what are your memories of him? Like like and 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 you know what we're talking about and, and what we're saying and, and our views. It's it's like, you know, Pac was a firecracker, you know, and when people, you know, talk Tupacology, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they really forget sometimes that, you know, when I say, and this when I, all of the, the stuff that people saying, like, we're not perpetuating the nonsense, but let's be clear. The dude was fearless you understand what i'm saying so when people try to say he wasn't this and he wasn't that you know we don't got to push certain things because that's not what we're trying to do with his character you know what i mean but he was every sense of the word a real one more real than i've ever seen you know a lot of people you know to the point where you know most people when you say get down and that you get that first drop i don't care who you are, what type of gangster you are. Somebody get the drop on you and say, give me everything. It's like, okay, take this. And if you follow me to my house, I'll give you the rest of the stuff that I got. You know what I'm saying? I got you, my bank card in yeah, the Yeah, you feel me? Like, <laughs> let me let me give you a little extra. It's, it's even You even compliment them. Like, you got a big dog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, check this out. Um, whatever you say. Most people really, you know, when the gun is in your face and they got the drop, you know, it's like live to fight another day. That's not That wasn't Pac's personality. Pac's personality was gun in my face. Okay, I'm finna try to do something. You know what I'm saying? Like that shows you a but, me- but was that a not also borderline crazy? That's what I'm te- I'm telling you. Like I'm not. We don't make excuses <laughs> right, right. for what you know. Like <laughs> like I tell people. To, yeah, to, like I said, on all sides of of what what you felt and what people felt. Like we we had a conversation with Buster the other day. Buster felt everybody feels certain things. So my my thing to everybody is I, we're not trying to change. You know, put like this, oftentimes people get criticized for the choices they make, but people never understand what they had to choose from. Right. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So my thing is just to give you an insight on, you know, showing you some of the things that, that, that the guy had to choose from. You know what I mean? So, you know, to 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 take it and try to make it like, oh, you know, he shot himself or whatever. That's that's besides the point. Nobody know that for a fact, right? Mm-hmm. But other than that, the fact that this guy had a gun pulled on him and he went for his guns. That's a different and, type of dude. Yeah. And you know Quad is saying? a little, little yeah. I mean Quad yeah. lobby is the size of this room. Right. And it happened just right. higher ceilings, but yeah. it's tiny. Yeah. You see you everybody else that was with him hit the floor. Hit the floor. Before yeah. he even you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He hit the yeah. floor. Like I'm just saying common sense would tell you you know, give these people what they want so you can live another day. Right. But I'm just saying, I'll just use that as an example. Sample. When people try to talk against him and say that he wasn't something, okay, 
let's have the same situation happen to you, see what you do. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me give you another example. It's very easy for us, all of us in this room, we're descended from Africans. It's easy for us to kill each other or shoot at each other or attack each other. How many gangsters would see one of us getting beat up by a white guy on the side of the street, two white guys, and pull out his gun and shoot the two white right, guys? Right, right, right. Mm. Who's doing that? Who's conditioned to do like, yeah, who's We're conditioned, conditioned against doing to that. To do that. Right. We can condi- That right there is something we go, oh, man, I can't believe. Or you stand back because we, we're still enslaved, mentally enslaved. Right. You know what I mean? And that's one thing you got to give your hats off to Pac. He wasn't mentally enslaved that way because if he going to get in a fight with a black guy, he damn sure still going to bust at the two white cops yeah. or white whatever he didn't know who it was for beating up a black motor, a black guy on the side of the street because it was injustice. You know, so that was his that was his original intent and mindset. It's injustice. I'm fighting against injustice. And he was, you know, he was going to defend himself at all costs. Right. You know, not trying or to Or you, if he felt that you were Exactly. Right, you know, like, he he fought causes, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, ne- ne- never would I perpetuate, you know, the whole gangster persona because, you know, for, for me personally, part of the reason with creating this film was to show you different sides in the cautionary tale because that whole persona and that lifestyle of and that mind, uh, state of mind of thinking, you know, dying at 25 is not gangster. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It it is. There's no way that we will let Pac's life be a reflection to have other brothers killing other brothers. That's not what he lived for. He he fought his entire life to have his life be a beacon of light. You know, and as an example of what not to do in a lot of scenarios. Don't do what I did. Do better. So we wanted to just make sure the film honored him in that way and flushing out the voice of, like I said, uh, the film was created in the Holy Trinity, who Tupac was, who he wanted to be, and who he had to be to survive the worlds that he was introduced. And when you guys saw the film, you'll have moments where you say, oh, that's Tupac. And then you'll have moments where you say, damn, that's who he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Then you have that moment where that's who he has to be to survive right. that scenario. Right, 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 right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's ill, Benny, that you, you brought up how we're conditioned, man. I had an opportunity to sit down with um, Irv Gotti mm-hmm. last week, and I got a chance to um, view the debut of his series, Tales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first episode um, that, that BET is releasing, Fuck and it's, the a, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great series, or at least from the first show, so it's, it's called Fuck the Police. Mm-hmm. And without giving anything away, you know, it's all about the Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives or All Lives Matter. It's all about, you know, police brutality, yeah. courtroom scenario. And in the first scene, once again, like Irv and I talked about it publicly, they flip it. So that oh, it's a, that it's whole, it's a, that whole episode is flipped. Oh, you saw it? Oh, well, I know it. Yeah, I did two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I right. You were saying it. So you, he flipped yeah, it. Whereas flipped. police brutality was still a part of our society, but yeah. the people that were on the other side were white. Were white. Yeah. So the whites were the oppressed. Right. And the it's first the question that we always ask: right. if Trayvon Martin or if Philando Castillo or any of these guys, if or or, or, or or Mike Brown, if they were white, Tamir, Tamir Rice, you know, if they were white. What would be the outcry? What would be the response? But what fucked with me is, you know, as much as I tell myself to fight against the conditioning, mm-hmm. the first, the first, the first major scene is this young white boy dying from a gunshot wound, mm-hmm. dying slowly mm-hmm. in the same manner that we can imagine Trayvon died. Right. And I was like, there's something different about this because we never see a young white boy right. dying like that. 
from the hand, from a police from officer. a police officer, right. but just the suffering and the anguish that he was suffering. I was like, yeah, I don't know if a lot of people are ready for that because of it's the condition. Re- yeah, because it's not their reality. Right. It's like in in um, uh, Sam Jackson's movie with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Time to Kill. Time to Kill, which 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 that episode he, was based on actually. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm bringing it. Yeah. up. so when he says that, you know, he McConaughey gives you this awful visual of the rape. In, in mutilation you know mutilation of Jackson's of, yeah of his daughter. daughter and then he says close your now eyes imagine her white it changes to everything when I saw that in the movie I, I just I freaked out I'm right, like, which is crazy how crazy. we like are we really that desensitized well we just vic- we're victims as black people we're victims right. we've been victimized in this entire hemisphere from northern hemisphere Central America all the way to South America we're victims of colonialism of of enslavement we're just victims so we've been victimized so long that that is our condition mm. we've been conditioned to be victims of the police of each other you know it's 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 disgusting what's going on in these neighborhoods in philly and chicago you know you look you're talking to two guys i'm from west philly he's from chicago these are two of the absolute worst Cities in terms of the homicide rate of black on black and crime Los Angeles. in America, in yeah, Los Angeles, and we met in La- Los Angeles. You know, like when New York a couple of years ago, there was I remember one day there was eleven days there was not one shooting. I want to say this was 2015. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was no murders in New York City. Right. That was amazing. That was amazing to me because at that moment, and especially I'm like, where New York's come from, from New York, where New York has come from, that was amazing to me. And it's like, why can't we get why can't we get there? Right. What is so important? What is the, what issue is so important for a seventeen-year-old and another seventeen-year-old yeah. to have together that he has to take your life? And, 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 and that and that's like you know going to the film. That is the great responsibility of this cautionary mm-hmm. tale, and that's why if you saw how we focused on the nonsense, it, mm-hmm. it, we we deal with the greater tragedy that these two young brothers did not have resolve. Right. You know, the biggest thing about right now is like we are so desensitized to violence because it's happened so often that, you know, these kids are picking up a gun and just killing people for no reason. You know, and it's about conversation and communication. And all we have to do is communicate with one another. But just going to the deeper sickness, you know, we're talking about a country who was built on violence. Yeah, right. Everything was, yeah, from the beginning. Every, we move in violence. Yeah, we continue every, to invade every and, war, and yeah, drones and, yeah, every and talk war, about uh, be nonviolent. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the whole thing. And so when, when you're dealing with black people coming from slavery, like, you were you were forced to act right by violence. Right. If you were to run away, chop your all of that was through violence. So a lot of times in our conversations, the only way to resolve to us, we go back to the thing that was instilled in us, violence. Like, right. you going to act right if I put these hands or put a gun. <laughs> right, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. It's, it's, it instantly goes there. It's not, it's not, I'm going to kill you with these words. You know, right. I'm not, I'm not going to kill you with I'm kindness. I'm going to kill you with my intellect. Right, you know, right. they, you know we, we don't use that, you know, all, as much as we should. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Because it's very hard. Like, even in this industry, you know, it's times where you really be like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. LT, me, you put your shoe on somebody, man? Let, let me just do this. <laughs> you put your shoe on somebody in this industry, LT? Let me find nah, have you allegedly. Allegedly. But he put his hands on somebody. They, they, say, a lot. they, they, say, they say a lot about me, man. I, like I said, I'm, I'm passionate. Right? You know, what's, I, to add on, you know what's interesting, you know, Pac's passing and Big's passing, 
the one thing that it did do in a very interesting way is that it opened up the lines of communication yeah. between not only uh, it opened up the lines of communication between New York and LA in terms of the and I w- what I would like to like that underworld the gangsters from New York gangs in LA at that moment after that realized how big what was lost and how big that moment was in that conversation started to happen it's like oh man you know I know this cat. He used to manage so and so. When we went to New York, they used to take us to Sylvia's, or they used to do. Dubai. Man, when I came the, here the to brother, LA, the man, they took us to Roscoe's. <clears throat> right. I ain't got no problem with him. What's going? What happened to us? Right, right. And after that, because I, I started going to LA regularly in '98 with hype and with with little first with hype and then with little X and right. he was there. And I remember thinking to myself, "Damn, we gonna have problems when we come in." That's the first. I, that's wear, first, I didn't want to wear a Yankees hat. That's in the, the first reaction like, just, going going to Cali right, back then. And I was going to clubs, and you know, you just and, oh, where you from? And then you Philly. Yeah, I mean, I lived here. It wasn't lying. You wasn't lying, right? Let's be clear, Philly. Let's be clear. It was. Let's be clear. It was. It was. And that's why I really like some of these millennials and some of these people that look at certain things on the internet and they think they know and it's like listen kid i was there right okay you know that whole scenario in beverly hills la Cienega, when my car was shot up and that whole thing made all the news you know what i mean that was real you know what i'm saying that wasn't tv that wasn't a made-up story these these shootouts and shootings and, and all of that stuff and and you gotta stand in 1995 at that source awards man you know what I'm you saying? I was there. Who was it? I was in the building. You was in the building. You I was, was there. The it was hot. It was, Listen, it was, it was hot. Crazy. Listen, it was hot. We had to fight. And K-Solo and, and, and a few different people from Death Row at the time could oh, tell you. Right. Yeah, yeah, K-Solo yeah, came K-Solo. to the road. That's right. I forgot and, about uh, that. And, you know, <laughs> this is a famous story. You got to stand. When Snoop jumped on the stage, right? You only got love for... And he did that. They, you only got love for the West Coast. Like right. That. Yeah. They went through the back, mm. right? And... uh they got, you know, the death row trucks were back there. Right. So you got hundreds of death row members and affiliates still in the audience. <laughs> right. When Sick Dr. Man. Dre, Snoop, and all of the sugar, they gone. Right. So it's now, you know, the audience at this particular point turned on this pocket of people sitting here. Right. Mm. So when. But did they though really? Yeah, because I remember I remember being there. Really, and, I, and I was just shocked at what just happened on stage. Listen, it was still more no, shocked. Like listen, oh, we got beef. You don't we, you, we you got don't, beef. You don't you don't remember the, the the big brawl outside in front? What's that? The post office right there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were trying to get to our sprinters and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and we got attacked, bro. I like it's not. Did it happen? I got fucked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn. Like for real. Like because you you can't fight. Thousands people, of people, right. you know what I'm saying? You can't fight and, niggas, so, sneak, sneak, sneak hitting. No, you, no. It, was, it was too many people pissed off at that scenario and felt like, you know, okay, my man said what he said, but this is New York. We ain't finna let y'all come in here and disrespect like that. Right. So as the melee started, you know, it turned into a cold riot scene. Next thing you know, we got rushed by people that, I don't, I don't even think they was, I don't know who they was. Right. It was, it was just, just it was York coming case. from everywhere. Just, yeah. And so we just banging now we banging with everybody we can bang with but it's like you know what I'm saying like I said I was overcome with by, <laughs> by, 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 by blows yeah by blows and, and shirt pulled and ripped you know what I'm saying I, I was I was so mad in New York at that time where I was like I'm knocking everything down nobody can ever come to LA if you come to LA Snoop kick that building yeah, yeah, just, just because it was like okay I wasn't even 
we wasn't even really involved. Like it was like let them people, you know, because it was really between two people, right? right? And it escalated, right? You know what I'm saying? So I felt like I was drugged into it, you know what I'm saying? And then so my reaction was like. I really was like, I'm not rock. Come to LA if you want to. I'm going to give y'all <laughs> what y'all gave me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm on all fours, man, trying to <laughs> trying to give out the situation. Like, you know, because you know, hey, I don't care. Like people be adding extra character to it, to it, like they Superman, man. When you get ugly, when you get yeah. jumped, you get jumped. Yeah, so that's why I tell ugly. people, like, I really experienced it. So you know, I. It's personal for me. <laughs> you don't feel that way anymore, though, right, bro? Nah, we good. Just be clear. That was life. Yes, yes. I got my get back, too. Yes, man. Let's of, get, of course, of clear. course. Like, but that's what I'm saying. That was nonsense, man, and yeah. we wasn't on that. Yeah. And um, it, it, it was just a thing of it should have never happened. Right. Yeah. Who you was know? this young man, Demetrius Ship Jr., because he kills this fucking role? Mm. Demetrius is a uh, credible young guy. You know, he's... <laughs> His lineage is interesting because his father, Demetrius Ship Sr., was a producer with LT at Death, Death Row. His first, Demetrius Ship Sr.'s first gold record was on the Juice soundtrack. Mm. And this, you know, you, you can't make the this parallels. stuff up. The parallels. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. It, 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 interestingly enough, this is his first time ever acting. So mm. when I watch this film, I feel the same way about Demetrius playing Pac that I felt about Pac playing Bishop mm. in Juice. It's like, yo, who is this kid? You know, he's, he's, he's just, he's, he sucked, you know, took everything in and, and um, became Pac for this movie. What was the audition process to get him to get this role? Now, I understand you were very, uh, LT, you were very involved in, in, in getting this kid this role. What, um, like I said, in pitching the project, the the number one battle I knew I had was to find the right pop. Right. You know, and with that being said, I was ready for the curveballs that Hollywood was going to, I knew they were going to try to give me a usual suspect. You know what I mean? Like who? What would be a usual suspect? You know, like I love Tyrese to death, but, you know, Hollywood may say Tyrese to be Tupac. Did Tyrese's name come up? Oh, a thousand times. <laughs> no, no, no uh, shots to Tyrese. No, 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 Tyrese. no it's not. You know, I <laughs> no, love I'm saying, no, no, I, and that's I'm, why a lot of times I don't like to say the usual right. suspect. But like Michael B. Jordan, yes. which is a great kid, great actor, great actor. You know what I'm saying? And and he gave a great audition, right? But it's like I'm explaining to him, the world would kill me if you sat in the seat the other night and y'all saw Michael B. Jordan. Y'all would be like. You, you couldn't even receive it. I don't give a fuck how right. great the performance is. You wouldn't even be able to receive it. So my thing was to have someone aesthetically, but not just the aesthetics, because you need the aesthetic to even believe the mannerism and the spirit. You follow what I'm saying? So it was a combination that you had to have of somebody with the full package and also with the willingness to be able to let Pac use them. Most people's spirits are so strong, they would have never let Pac use them. They would have always put in their methods and their thoughts and what they think about it. You know what I'm saying? It would have never been like a clean canvas to just paint on. You follow what I'm saying? And like I got I got to say this, like Pac's spirit guided all of this. So when uh, Demetrius' father called me because uh, I did a, a, a extensive uh, internet search at the time because I didn't want anybody to say we didn't look hard enough. Right. You know, and we just picked, you know, so I was like, forget traditional casting. I came up with the idea 
to go on the internet so that there's no rock left unturned. So it's an internet casting scenario. So now you get thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So it's like, okay, still wasn't there. And like right. I said, then uh, Demetrius' father called me one day, like, I want to show you something. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he sent me the video and different things. And I still, I didn't even look at the video. You know what I'm saying? Because I was just overwhelmed. I, he didn't say what it was. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So next thing you know, when he, when they come down to the office, like I said, this famous story, my assistant was like Tupac in the lobby. So I'm like, man, Stop playing. you playing too much today. You know, sure. it's hectic. You know, we're trying to find this guy to play Tupac, and we, this casting process is killing me. And she's like, I don't even know how to say it, but Tupac's. for real, he he's out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and honestly, like I said, when I walked out, boom, mm. I was like, Done and done. Not from just aesthetics. When he spoke and his hands went up and his, how his, his, his mannerisms. mannerisms. Yeah, it was like the shyness that, you know, uh, the the that wondrous When Tupac of the puts eyes. his head down. Yeah, that he one. Up. He, he did that. He did that. Also, like, that's why I was uh, explaining to Boom when um, I sent Boom a picture and Boom, Boom wasn't even on the Ooh, uh, yeah. film yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I sent him a picture. And he was like, "What'd you say?" I like, said, uh, "I said, oh, when you, I said, oh, you took this picture of Pop." And he said, uh, "That ain't Pop." I said, "Who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. said, that ain't Pop. Who is it?" He had a chain on. It, it, it was crazy. I'm like, "Wait a minute, who?" Is? He said, "That's the kid." I you said, know. "Oh man, I wasn't even on the movie yet. We were just right. building on some other stuff." And now he kills it. There's, there's, there's very few, um, particularly black biopics that I've mm-hmm. seen where the the actor channels the character like right. Denzel did it and and X it. um and it's um, crazy cuz he don't look like Malcolm No no X he does not not at all he, yeah. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Foxx did it with, with Ray Charles Killed it. and 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 this kid Killed does it this this kid yeah. like you see you, you a lot miss, of movies you, you, and they're, they're you, you, acting like the you character one. what Ali Oh, Ali! Oh, you got to give it to him. We'll, we'll kill yeah, him. You know what? Yeah, he did. He did. I'm not going to, you know, people say what they want to say. I cannot. I'm telling you, like, the storyline and stuff of that was off. Right. And certain things. And, it, you know, it, it the film was what it was. But when I'm telling you, man, Will killed Ali. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, and, I, but, and, and Demetrius does it with this role, man. Now, let me ask you this, man, because it's, it's always good to see this, brother, man. Why Gravy is big again, man? <laughs> you know? Here's a, here's a thought behind it. You watch these superhero movies, and you have the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe. This is our universe. Right. We had... It was a tough enough time finding Pac. Gravy, to me, Gravy embodied big in that movie. So I, we both felt like... Because when I got on the movie, he said to me, he said, so what you think about... Gravy playing big. I said I was. I was going to say that to you. Like we was. Yeah, we was it, already like. I said because my thing was why do that? Why search for another big? Well, if we have a big, because, yeah. Because the thing is, I posed the question just to see where he was what at was because say, yeah. because I had multiple arguments because with other directors. For me, the biggest thing was I knew we had Biggie off the top because right. I was bringing Jamal back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't. A question for me, but do you have other people that, you know, didn't speak the language and, and of the culture, you know, that I'm sitting here going back and forth. Like, my man, you'll leave the project before <laughs> Jamal leaves right. the project. Yeah. Real talk. You, you know what I'm saying? And just be because to to get somebody to 
really embody big like that and learn all of that in the, in the time frame that we had when we were shooting it's like we don't have the energy or the time you know to do that you know what i'm saying like if they would have had i don't even want to say that but it's continuity yeah it's because it's, it's like that's what the kids know is big so like, like if big. we could assume that if they have a like they're supposed to do a nas biopic mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure there was interactions with big Oh right, Jamal got to be in that. I mean, mean, we just got to do a whole series of franchise. (laughs) But that's Jamal's a vampire slayer. (laughs) But listen, listen, all of of, give that to gravy right there. Vampires in Brooklyn Part Two. (laughs) All of these projects, you know, and like I said, with with refueling the economic system and just you know creating new worlds and new things Mm. for people. You know, um, these are not comics, right? But in the trajectory of where I was going in these telling of these stories was to give you straight out of Compton, all eyes on me. And then like like my sequel to that, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing is the death row story. Uh. You know what I'm saying? And I I've even discussed multiple East Coast versions because so it's like our world is in edutainment, you know, there's no way in hell that we should even allow certain television stations to make another one of our stories Period. and disrespect. Period. You know, our legacy, our culture, and what we leave here, you know, is to take these things. And like I said, it becomes a Marvel comic because, like, from uh, Notorious, you know, I told you, you should see a bad boy. You should see yeah. that whole story. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? And, and not in a documentary. No, 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 You know what I'm no, saying? Jesus. Like, you know, like. Like the Puff, puff himself. Like, it's a force of fucking. I, and from yeah, our generation, like, I think he's the, yeah, the best that ever like, did it. You know, so, so, but then you got to understand, like, Death Row's Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm. We finna get into it. Like mm. we've already like we like it's coming. You dig what I'm saying? So you're gonna see things and we deal with a little bit more of that scenario and we get into how they started it and what it come from and like we go into it. You know what I'm saying? And it's all truth. Is it's like we're not hiding behind any lies, bro. You know what I mean? It's like real stories. But then there's there's other great stories that if you know I'm gonna be put out there because I you know somebody gonna run with it. You know because I want to add value. You know Marvin Gaye has to be told. Yeah, yeah, Gaye has to be told. Yeah, Sam, Sam, Cook has Sam, to be Cook, told. Sam Cook. Cook is on my desk told. right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's it is it's problems, man. Like and coming off a 10-year scenario, I'm not doing another 10-year one. Right, But no. <laughs> But, but it, you know, I got energy to fight a few more battles, yeah. but they're going to, you know, put it like this. I've cleared the red. Everything else is going to be smooth because yeah, yeah. everything is set now and the pattern is, is, is done. But um, It's crazy, man, because I'm, I'm, you know, for the past, what, I don't know, 20 years I've been looking at. Because he going to, um, and, and boom, if I get cooked, I'm just gonna sit on the air right now. Boom is director Sam. Mm. That's dope. That's crazy. You know what I'm but 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 even looking at uh, a Donald uh, was the was it is a Danny Glover. Yeah. And his fight to get the Haitian Revolution picture. Yeah. Did he do that? I know he was trying. No, to. he's been trying to. Been but trying but to but it. you know, I mean, and that's an epic movie. If we're it's talking about movie. all these Toussaint epic movies that that yeah. America invests in, and right, you know, right. from Braveheart to whatever. Bro, I you know want to say the Haitian Revolution. Yeah, they don't want to see the Haitian Revolution story no. because they want mm. you to understand where Haiti is now. Exactly. Yes. They don't want you to know it was the first country to get its independence for and black why it's there now. Right. Still, it's still the get back. Haitians helped the Venezuela. Villains get uh, uh, independence from the Spanish, so they don't want you to know that because they don't teach it in school except in Brooklyn. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, they teach I, it I just I, I just finished this this, this Chris Lighty project. Yeah, it took me a year and a half to, yeah. to to do. We had we had so much content. 
we yeah. taped so much content, we recorded so much stuff that because it didn't fit the narrative, yeah. we had to leave some of the most amazing stories on the cutting cut, cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. Did you? What were some of the things that that you guys came up with? And it was like, yo, this is such a amazing scene, but we cannot well, put well, this in the movie. You know what's interesting when you when you're making a film, um, you got to be disciplined. Like the script, it's the, the movie that you make and it's the movie that you edit, and so. We have a longer version that the world will see in the DVD. Director's and, and, cut. Yeah, director's <laughs> cut that uh, ex expands a little more on some things. But we, in the end, we wanted to balance these things. We wanted to balance Pac as a rap artist, as a, you know, a rapper, as a revolutionary, as a son, the mother-son relationship. Mm -hmm. We needed to balance those things. So anywhere in the film... One thing became heavier than the other. We had to relook at that and right. go, is this the right balance to the movie? Right. So some things that are great scenes, some of the some of Demetrius's best work, is still ain't even in the movie. Yeah, probably. yeah. Because it, here's the thing, it didn't, like 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 Boom said, it was when people talk about the time that it took to create the film. That's the bulk of the time was 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 deciding. You gotta say everybody that was in Pac's life was important. Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody feels entitled to be, you know, mm. like I got people that, that, that were there for, you know, just in passing say, who's going to play me in the movie? Like, <laughs> my man, like, I don't, you know, it's not about that. Not you movie. know what I'm saying? And it's like, right. and, it's, and it's people that were there, you know, for a period of time, you know what I'm saying? Because like Pac's life, you have to, you know, prorate the years because he lives such a small amount of time. So, you know, if you're going from 18 to 25, if you got a year in his life, that was like 10 years. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? But it was about what propels the story forward, all right, in a way where in that trying to find and solving of the Rubik's Cube, if you listen to Pac, his POV, he doesn't stay on things long because he had a phonetic life. So if you listen to how he tells his life story, he don't give you a lot of this because if it was like in our personal voice, Boom would have his personal things. I would have my personal things that I like, want to hold on to. But it's not that. It was about Pac's POV. And then following Pac's POV, we were able to come up with a film that get, that was very well balanced because, like I said, he didn't stay in this particular area too long. He said, you know, in, in, in Digital Underground, got hooked up with Atron. Was, got signed to uh, yeah. Digital Underground and it was on. I was on tour. That's how he explains Digital Underground. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It was so much more than that, but the way he explained it, it was like, okay. That's the chapter. Exactly. Boom. That's So we will reflect that and give you that and, and that and create the world and everything else. Then he moves on. You know what I'm saying? Like he said, Tupac said, I remember one moment of silence and that's when I was born. Mm. And after that, it was on. Mm. So if you see in the film, we do that. We it's take on. you it's on just, that journey. It's, it's just on. It's from just, it's from here, on. yeah, it's just on. Gone and boom, he takes that right, and and that and that's what the energy comes from to not have you in the theater with dull moments or you know moments that like okay they going far. You know what I'm saying? It was just. Not, I'm glad you said that because initially I was like, damn, how did we get here so fast? <laughs> but then you know towards the end it's like we had to get here so fast because it was so much happening. Yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah, his mom. Mm -hmm. Afini Shakur, yeah. Adene, 
that 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 that, oh, that plays that plays that role. She kills it. She kills she's it. a chick from The Walking Dead, right? The Walking Dead. Yeah. She she kills it, man. She, she's she's interesting. She's a playwright. You know, she's she's great in this movie. Like great. You know, I think um, this film what we did we found we took some gems that people may have seen before because J- Demetrius is a gem no one's seen. But we have other gems in the movie people may have seen before. Deny, Cat Graham, right. Annie, you know what I mean? Dominic, who's been in, in a lot of films, uh, shot out of uh, of um, Atlanta and stuff like that. These are guys some people may have seen. But when you see them in this collective, you're like, oh, this is a new Hollywood. These are new mm-hmm. actors that we can now look forward to in other films. Yeah, it was interesting seeing um, a Hill Harper. Yes, yes, Hill. As a, as a, as a, as as Kevin Powell. <laughs> nah, he's not. Was, was that Kevin. was that Kevin? Was oh, that, no, that not, not Kevin? Kevin he's a he he plays a uh, a combination of different people. Okay, not even just journalists. He no. actually is there to play the role of the person who wants to uh, challenge Tupac, and he gives us the mechanism in order for us to tell our story. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's, it's a framing device. Oh, because yeah. I, I, I I, I I, Kevin I, Powell was in the screen nah, 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 one of us, nah, nah, nah. and I was looking at him, and he was like, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, nah, see nah, how they I, did? Yeah. yeah. See, here's the thing. We <laughs> what got, did he say? I got, I got, <laughs> you I got, can tell his chest was puffed yeah, out I, like, yeah. I got, I got you see me right there? I got to clear it up, though, you know, just because here's the thing. And I'll give him, like, it was a combination. combination. Yes. But but basically, that framing device, you know what I'm saying, was created for the questions of you, yeah. the questions of you, the understanding that the naysayer, the uh, the person who wanted to just say, hey, man, why you do that? Straight right. up and down. It was a way to, to, to have Tupac be able to answer some of the questions without us trying to, to, to make excuses Right. For what he did, he can explain to you in his own words, right. and you will see the redemption right there. So it wasn't a whole movie of us chasing how yeah. are we going to redeem him, how right. are we going right. to redeem right. it was. It's more or less the framing device is, okay, we saw it play out. Now I'm going to ask you even more. Right. Right. What, what do you feel about it? And those answers that we give come straight from Tupac's platform. Right. Tupac never had a pulpit. Right. Right. But he used his interviews as his sanctuary. So you ask Tupac one question, he would give you all of it. So to have thousands of hours of Tupac talking, how do you not just listen to him? Mm-hmm. So Hill was that guy to give you that trigger point. Like it's now those are parts. It's some stuff in the interview stuff. I do miss those mm-hmm. because. Yeah. When I'm oh, telling you, I forgot. we have that whole section. Yeah, they go at it. Uh, they go a, back and I they mean, really go at it because he, yeah, I forgot Because he that. challenged Pac like nobody. Because yeah. in the film, you know, for everybody, it's hard for them to say, hey, uh, why is this person talking to Tupac like that? So it's only a right. few people that can challenge him. Jada, all right, Kadada, his mm-hmm. mother, his mother mm-hmm. and the interviewer. Mm-hmm. And see, the, the, the three women, they speak for them as just singular right. per- people. The interviewer speaks for the entire world mm. who always wanted to know why you did that pop. Right, right, right. In, in his naivete states and, you know, because he was young. Because he asked the question, basically, basically asked, what's wrong with you? Yeah. That's basically what the interview is like. What's your problem? What's your problem? You in here, you know, you've seen the movie. He asked him one very specific question about why he's in jail and how he correlates that 
with the music and that sets him off like yeah. oh word okay yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and 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 in hollywood like i like i say you know that's where for me and i, I was talking to boom about this you know i didn't do certain business because it, it it had to be it wasn't believable like they didn't they hollywood did not want to make this picture, contrary to what people, which believe. is crazy to me, because it's yeah, Jesus they just Christ. they just don't get it. Right, they don't get it. They told me it wasn't the market for NWA. Right, they right, said right. they said nobody's gonna go see this LT. Nobody right, wants right, to right, do right, this. Right, like, right. you know, and I'm like, you guys are absolutely one thousand percent. So, what do you think is, uh, NWA is gonna do opening weekend? I said I would bet you twenty thousand dollars, but I need you know let's put money on the wood. Right. Let's not play no games. 50, 50, I said, I'm going to give you one better the week before. I said 55. Mm-hmm. No, no. I said, okay, cut that check. And he put the check up. This is Morgan Creek. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> one, of, one of my good friends. Yes. Uh, you know, he's not there now. Right. <laughs> but I won. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 58 million. Mm. Amazing. Yo, we got we to gotta wrap this up. Your people are saying we got to wrap this up. Two things, man. I had, Like I said earlier, I had the opportunity to sit down with um, Idi Amin yeah. from the Outlaws yeah. last, last week. And he talks, we talk about like where we were mm-hmm. in 95 mm-hmm. and 96 and where we are now. And he says, you know, as this guy that rode with Pac, the guy that still continues to carry some of Pac's a legacy. A Brooklyn guy. A Brooklyn guy. Straight up. A Brooklyn guy. Idi Amin. Idi Amin is from Brooklyn. But he talks about the hardest thing about this journey up until this point, it is satisfying the true Tupac fans. Yeah. Like the truest Tupac fans are crazier than the Beehive. They, they're oh, crazier yeah. than ISIS yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. To the point where he was like, <laughs> yo, he'd be taking his kid to school uh-huh. and somebody would hit him up. Yo, somebody just said some shit about Tupac. We need to bomb on him. And he'd be right. like, nigga, like I... Niggas, everybody don't gotta like Tupac right right, now, you know. So, so I I say this to you, man. Like, like, is that your concern also with regard to the rabid Tupac? I mean, we've already experienced it. We've put out a lot of fires and continue to put fires. How so? Which ones? Like, can can, can you give us one example? (laughs) Just, (laughs) just a lot of fires. You know, this this things on. Like I said earlier, there's lines of communication open between all of these entities from New York to LA. Right. So the good thing is that before things get really out of control, people can get on the horn and say, hey man, such and such, such and such, boop, 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 boop. Chill. Yes. You know, so we that that has happened. Um and we've been able to to squash that. But the reality is Pac was a passionate person. People he inspired are a lot of passion. Inspired a lot of passion. And that's why you see what you see in terms of of the the way people feel about right, him, right? You know, so we just want them to come to the movie June 16th so they can yeah. see that's that, sweet. you know, and, experience and, and, that passion. And and then and then in closing, you know, the thing is, you know, in the creation of it, and this is where it took a while to create the scenario because you could argue with me. You can argue with Boom. You can't argue with Pac. Right. So when you saw the film, it is a true form. Like when Too Short said the other, he said, man, let me talk to you real quick. I'm like, damn, Short just saw the movie too. Like we, you ain't say nothing then. I'm like, you're going to say something about it. He's like, no, I'm just going to tell you. I am so appreciative of the honesty because you could have went any other way right. with the glorified nonsense mm-hmm. and, and whatever. He said, this film is so honest. And like I tell people, hey, the film, may, I'm not going to sit here and be 
naive and say everybody's going to love it. You never know what people going to do. Right. But the truest Tupac fan, not just the Tupac fan, but the truest. Not the crazy ones. Not, not just, but I'm just saying this film was for everybody. Right. It, it, it wasn't just for the Tupac evangelist, you know what I'm saying, or, or the Tupac and me's scenario. This, this film was made as a true example of what, like I said, the Holy Trinity. Of who Tupac was, who he wanted to be, and who he had to be. Right. Because that answers the greater scenario when people say what Tupac could have became. That's the light. The inspiration, the hope, and the fact in the cautionary tale that he was taken away at such a young age. It should make you. When Daz Dillinger, Daz was there for everything. Mm -hmm. when, when he called me the next morning after seeing the film, he had said what he said in the room. And then the next day he called me and said... That film made me reevaluate my life. Mm. That's Daz. Mm. He like, L, I'm thinking on a different level mm. right now. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. And he was in there. So I, you know, I know that we got it correct and, and I and I attribute to that. I'm not I'm not gonna give anybody credit right. for that mm -hmm. except for Tupac. Right. Yeah. Because he told his own story. Yes. And that's where the credit would go to that. I was just disciplined enough and and, and, and the monarch to be that person who's saying i don't care if you steven spielberg if we not respecting and honoring tupac you're not on the project right right point blank got it because it was too you know we have to we we answer on a higher level because yep. walking in here right now you could have been like hey yo l you know what i'm saying y'all could have been like boom l the movie was trash bro you know what i'm <laughs> yeah, saying yeah yeah like i i'm i would have to take that and like you know snoop Dr. Dre, I would have to take that from all of them. So, you know, we just wanted to get it right. And like I said, we just want you to go to the theaters mm -hmm. with an open mind. Take all the dogma and all the over-personifications of what you think that imagery is and just watch the movie. And your movie makes it easy to do that. Your movie makes it easy to take out any preconceived, any preconceived, preconceived notions, notions, anything, yeah. any yeah. images that we've had of Tupac, and it starts from a, from a different place. And I appreciate that. Absolute last question. Yeah. I ask everybody that comes on my show this. Who your respective top five MCs? No particular order. Respective top five. Hmm. In no I'm, order. I would say. No particular order. We talking Pac. Pac is definitely in there. Okay. Me. Pac, Big, Nas, Red Man. Mm. Yeah, that's come on. Reggie yeah. Nobles. <laughs> you know. Um, and Jay. That's I mean, good. You can't. You can't. That's good list. That's good list. LT. Um. It's a little different for me. Um, of course. But 1,000%, you know, I got to go pop. Got to go big. Um, most deaf. Mm. Um, can't take, uh, That's three. Because uh, I'm, I'm battling right now for the last <laughs> two. Uh, <laughs> Because like I said, I'm I'm off the I'm off the, the beaten path. Yeah. I mean, I gotta get Kendrick. Mm. And uh All time? Yeah, Kendrick is in there now, man. He's 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 in there. He's undeniable. Yeah, he's undeniable. you got you got just just from his braveness and, mm -hmm. and, and, and how he's delivering and standing up in a time where he could easily fold mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and go with the nonsense. Mm -hmm. So just for being true. Right. To where he is right mm -hmm. now. Um, you got to give him that. And, because, um, mm, you know, I 
I need six, man. Nah, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. <laughs> five B, five B. <laughs> Jay Z, man. Mm. That's a great list, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on the Thank show you, with man. Benny Boom, LT Hunt, man. The movie was great. All Eyes on Me comes Thank out you, June baby. 16th. Your internet's run. Cop that movie, man. Get that popcorn. Get that. Get that bubbly. Get your little raisinets. But go see that movie. Buy man. out Let's, the theater. People are buying yeah. out the theater. We're getting DMs. Of cats literally buying out the theater and showing us the tickets. That's amazing. It's not just a movie, it's a movement. And and it's us, man. It's us. It's us. If we want to continue seeing movies that we want to see about us and our voices, we got to do this, man. Gentlemen, once again, man, congratulations. Can I say one last thing? Yes, sir. If you don't support this movie, you don't support yourself, man. Exactly. Exactly. That's a well point. Point well made. Can't complain about nothing if you don't support this movie. Because if Hollywood is able to say that this film didn't do well, it gives them an excuse not to make nothing else. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up, woman up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Hey, yo, Internets. It's your man, Combat Jack at the Combat Jack Show and this episode is sponsored by Mogul, the life and death of Chris Lighty. Listen to it this Friday. It comes to all platforms near you, overseas, Canada, the UK, Switzerland, you know, everywhere. Every, every, you guys have been complaining. This is your moment. Let's make this shit big. Let's make this shit viral. Mogul the Life and Death of Chris Lighty, June 16th. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King, and this is an official Loudspeakers Network production.